Hi there, this is Ed McGuire, Insights Partner with Momenta Partners. Welcome to the Momenta Intelligent Edge podcast series, where we feature leading practitioners and thinkers across connected industry and the broader technology landscape. Hello and welcome to the Momenta Edge podcast. Once again, this is Ed McGuire, Insights Partner at Momenta Partners. And today we have a special guest, Professor Ahmed Banafa, who's a, who's a professor at San Jose State. Uh, Ahmed is a prolific writer and thinker in the connected industry space. He's done quite a lot of work uh, in, uh, in helping, the, helping the industry and the uh, ecosystem at large reckon with and, and understand the implications of, of emerging technologies, not just uh, peer connected industry, but artificial intelligence and blockchain. And we're going to hope to cover a lot of these topics in our in our conversation. So, so Ahmed, thanks so much for, for joining us. Thank you so much, Ed. It's, uh, I'm really uh, I'm really honored to be uh, with you uh, uh, this morning. Uh, it's it's a really uh, an interesting topic, and uh, it's a timely one. We are we are excited about what's coming, you know, in, in the near future uh, for IoT and uh, including the blockchain and AI. Absolutely. Uh, well, so first of all, could you let's get a little bit of a uh, a level set, and I'd love to hear a bit about your your background and you know what really has helped shape your view of of technology and and IoT specifically, since since that's our you know that's our our big focus here at Momenta. Uh, IoT is the way uh, of looking at the big picture. I mean, we have uh, we have uh, many systems. Uh, they working perfectly by themselves. Now, you look at you step back and look at the big picture. How the different system will communicate with each other and create a bigger system here. And IoT uh, uh, caught my attention. Uh, something like six years ago I was doing a research about cloud computing and then in the process of, of, of collecting and, and doing the research uh, um, I, I heard uh, some of the terms from Cisco because Cisco the, the one who create, who, uh, to, who coined this term Internet of uh, Everything that was the first time in 2000 and then they, they changed it to uh, Internet of Things and that's really triggered some kind of a deep thought about what does that mean when you say Internet of Things. Uh, add to this one is uh, most most of the uh, sci-fi movies is actually a glimpse into the future, you know, away from the story of the, of the movies. But they give you some kind of indication about what we would like to have in the future. And when you have everything around you alive, and I mean, you know, sensing, reacting, you know, and responding, that is the definition of uh, of IoT. And this is how I started uh, doing the research and writing papers about IoT. Great. So now you've you've worked in uh, uh, you've worked in academia and uh, also pr- providing quite a lot of thought leadership in the media. Um, you know, as you, as you looked at, at IoT, I mean, are, are, is there um, you know has there been any uh, you know, point of view or uh, you know perspective that uh, that you feel has you know is uh, you know has has differentiated your your thinking from uh, from the way many others are, are, are have been looking at the space. Well, uh, the way I approach it, uh, approach uh, IoT is actually through f- uh, three filters. Uh, the first one is uh, technology. The second is business. The third is society. And this is very common when you when you try to uh, make sense of new trends. So you look at it from the, through the three filters. The first one is the technology. Do we have the technology to to have this concept IoT? And then you move to the next filter. If the answer is yes, which is the business, what's in it for me as an investor? or as a company that would like to use IoT or apply IoT. Now comes the third one, which is the hard one, which is the society. And the society have two branches, the government and the users or the citizens. Now, what will be the reaction of the government when you have a big system like this? What will be the reaction of the users or the citizen when they see that their information is available everywhere and all what they do is just talk to things and they're going to do whatever they, they, they need to do. So once the trend and this case is IoT, pass through the three filters. Now we're talking about a new technology. Now we're talking about a new trend that people are accepting. We still have some challenges. There's no question about this. And we still have some few obstacles we have to overcome. Yeah, how would you, I mean, how would you compare and contrast, you know, what we called IoT? I mean, you've been looking at it now for what we'll say the uh, around six years ago. I mean, that was really when the term started to come into, uh, really come into common usage. If you look back at, you know, prior 
technology ways. I mean, what what in your mind is is different that this, you know had, that's really distinguished uh, you know, what has been been called Internet of Things from you know from some of the other uh, trends earlier, like uh, enterprise applications, for instance. I mean, this uh, you know we kind of know that a lot of what's happening on the technology side with sensors getting cheaper, but but are there are there some other you know, fundamental business differences that um, that have characterized uh, this 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 market or the space as it's evolved. That's a, that's a very good question. It's actually dealing with the second filter, which is the business. Now, here's, uh, here when we talk about IoT, it depends on who you're talking to. But that's that's one of the problems of explaining IoT to everybody. So if you're talking to uh, a factory, IoT for them is considered the IIoT, which is the industrial, you know, IoT sensor, uh, uh, productive or preventive uh, maintenance. Uh, you know, saving money, saving time. You know, on on all the tasks and automating the task. If you talk to the consumer, which is what everybody sees now, it's exciting. Why? Because you're talking about uh, uh, the, uh, the how can IoT change my life? Uh, I always give this example to to uh, you know in my in, in my last speech and uh, I was I was giving uh, uh, a lecture or speech in uh, in Brazil and, and I explained that to them. Okay, IoT for me as a consumer is I wake up in the morning, I look at the mirror, and the mirror is a smart one. And the term smart is the key thing here. The mirror will tell me you look tired. Uh, I contacted your doctor. Oprah is waiting outside to take you to the doctor. I moved your conference or your meeting to, to, to until tomorrow. I go there, finish with the doctor, and then a drone will bring that medication to me. And then once I receive it in that uh, you know orange container, the pills I'm taking are smart pills. So if I take one of them, the doctor will know about that. And and so I'm not going to overdose on it or ignore it. So this this is going to make our life much easier because somebody is taking care of the things that is crowding or you know jamming. You know our schedule for things that can be done by an automated one. So, when we look at IoT from this perspective, for the industrial one, it's fantastic. It's going to help. It's going to save on the three important things for any business, which is time, money, and staff. From the consumer, it's going to make it so easier for them to give them that time. Yeah, no doubt. And the uh, the the transformation of business process, of course, is a is it obviously a, a a clear second order uh, benefit or implication of of, of of connecting connecting technologies, but I, you you mentioned society, and I think this is really an interesting uh, uh, angle that that we haven't explored as much in in some of our our converse, our podcast conversations. And I'd I'd be interested in terms of you know how you apply a societal lens to you know connected industry or IoT. I mean, do you see uh, you know potential you know what are what are some of the the opportunities, uh, threats, and and potential risks to whether it be culture, whether it be uh, you know the structure of, of governance, and and also you know person our personal lives from from having many devices that are that are uh, that are connected. That's 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 a very good question, and it's really a timely one. I mean, as we talk now, we know that uh, um, Mark Zuckerberg is. Uh, is is uh, grilling or grilled uh, you yeah. know in the, in the house you know I was listening to it uh, at my office uh, here's the, here's the, I'll give you a simple example to see that how we can pass through the two lenses or the two filters before technology and business and now we stuck with the society Google glasses Google glasses everybody would like to have something in front of their eyes they can just you know move their finger and then do some kind of calculation get some information you think about the Terminator you know movie you think about you know Tom Cruise movies which is fantastic now that's the technology is there Google did it and the business is there what is people are gonna I mean it there, there are application for something like that and uh, and if there is no business that and Google not going to waste you know millions of dollars in that stuck with the society because I don't want to sit with somebody looking at me and then I tell him or I tell her that you know no I was sick last night and they look at my Facebook and you know status and say I was partying or I was you know hiking or something like this so so that is the case of of where the society can stop a product like that that's why Google went back and said, okay, it's not for everybody, it's just for certain people in the society like dentists, uh, HR, you know, you know, some people who need that information right away, you know, available for them, you know, firefighters, something like this one, which is going to be in front of their eyes. So this is an example how society can stop this one as a citizen. Now, here's the other problem, which is the, with the government. Now, the, uh, the, the uh, pillars of the 
of the user trust is actually three. Uh, so the, the user trust built on three pillars. The first one, and we call them SSP, you know, security, safety, and privacy. Now, the, the government is worried about the invasion of, gra you know, of privacy and the safety and, and the security because you have breaches everywhere. Uh, regulation has to be there to make sure that nobody is abusing this kind of data. And the hearing we have today and, you know, in, in, uh, in, the, in the House is an example of how the government is worried about data and the use of data to uh, create actions or to interfere with certain events in our life. And this is how I look at it from the society. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite timely. The um, uh, so when we're our, our conversation is occurring at the on the the day after the uh, the Mark Zuckerberg hearings were were in the Senate, and the concerns I think that people have about what you know, what happens with data certainly amplifies you know the concerns that many businesses have had. Right? I mean, one of the conversations that that we have momenta have with with the clients that we advise uh, and. And their clients in that are in industrial firms is is that you know if if you're a farmer I mean who who owns the data that gets collected from you know a harvesting machine or uh, you know a sensor when you buy a sensor from a vendor uh, this is a I mean this is an ongoing challenge I'm you know, wondering at least you know from from your standpoint uh, is you know have you seen any helpful Regulation or frameworks evolving. I know we've got GDPR that's uh, right. set, set to you know set to take shape uh, this year in you know in Europe. But are you know have you uh, have have you found any uh, useful frameworks to at least to help certainly for companies that are trying to think about this? Well, the the, the house is is running something and you know on a bill which is called the Honest Ad Act, which is. Uh, Twitter, they accept it, and Facebook, they support that one. This is just one way for them to make sure that our data is not abused. So it's, they can use it, but they cannot abuse it. Um, the problem with the, with with the, any kind of new new technology like I because IoT is is basically the the big framework of of uh, you know of what we are dealing now. I mean, Facebook is just one of those engines you know that used in IoT because I can get all the information about the consumer, so I can you know for example you know uh, match his or her information with another website and and AI will make a decision about you know you should buy this, you should not buy this one. Uh, all this information is 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 uh, Facebook has that information. It's like a storage for this information. And eventually, you know, you're going to see a lot of the hubs, and this is another topic, you know, we can talk about it uh, in the future. Uh, this race, I call it an arms race between big names like Google and Amazon and, uh, uh, and Apple uh, to have their own digital assistants. Uh, you're talking about, uh, you know, the home pad, a pod, and you're talking about uh, something like uh, a Google uh, Assistant, and you're talking about Alexa, uh, you will see that they are really in a furious stage of pushing this. This is the hub for the for the future IoT devices. What you see now, they are trying to establish a hub in your house, in your car, in your business, where later on when you go and buy any device, it's compatible with Alexa. You just connect it because one of the obstacles for us as a consumer is the setup. If I buy a device, then I, so I'm going to go through the setup. I don't want to do this one. But if I'm in the ecosystem of Amazon, it will connect automatically and make sure that it is, you know, it is really communicating. So take this this image about creating a hub and connecting all devices, you know, for Apple, for example. And then and then where is where is the Facebook data going to come? It's going to help Siri. It's going to help. You know, uh, Alexa, to understand you, to to make sure that you know, to understand your behavior or your the way you act. So this this is this is where we see the data. This is where we see the protection from the government to make sure that nobody's abusing this. And the the, the government is still behind, and because it's a technical stuff, and it's not everybody understand it, and it's going fast. So they need time to absorb this one and to make sure that we're not infringing in some of our constitutional rights. Yeah, it's no doubt. It's funny. Uh, what's also topical, I don't know if you were watching the HBO series uh, Silicon Valley, yeah. but the uh, the current episode actually had a, uh, a really funny vignette about a 
company making smart refrigerators mm-hmm. that uh, you know that had been compromised by the by the Pied Piper team at the end of the, the last season <laughs> to deliver some decentralized storage. But they right. actually find out that the they do a, a teardown of the code and they find out that the you know the company itself has been collecting all of its customers' conversations and they right. hadn't. I mean, this it was one of these situations where they uh, you know apparently hadn't been intending to do this, but you have all these devices that are that are now collecting information and expose people to a lot of a lot of vulnerabilities and yeah, yeah I, I mean I, I I'd be interested to see how you think that this um, you know the, the awareness of you know the, the the not just the security vulnerabilities but as you go back to uh, say about a year and a half ago when we had the Mirai botnet and the first uh, mm-hmm. wave of these uh, these hijacked IoT devices that essentially became you know vessels for uh, well at first I guess they were just they were just gamers who were trying to <laughs> who were trying to get advantages over others but the idea that we take we have all of these devices that that we plug into the internet but uh, there may not be any uh, inherent security or the security ends up being an afterthought and we don't change our passwords and uh, there's there isn't really a liability for the uh, you know for the manufacturers it's a it's certainly a cost structure but I'd love to get your perspective on you know on on the security aspect of data and also you know some of the implications going forward of having you know so many uh, data sources that you know that track personal lives and, and also business as well security is a big issue and it's 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 uh, it's a challenge and it's an evolving challenge I mean if you're smart there's somebody else smarter than you will outsmart you and and get access to the devices now uh, my belief is that the weakest link in this insecurity is the human and it's also it's, it's the strongest link if you think about it. If they if, if we if we tr- if we train them and if we educate them because the the uh, user education is a big thing. Uh, the Mirai you know uh, attack which happened in 2016 you know and I remember that one was Friday 26th of October. It happened because about 500 you know 700 million devices all over the world being attacked at the same time. The reason for that one is was if not all of them most of them they kept the default. Uh, password and never change it, and th- and this is this is something human can do, you know, at that stage, at this level. Now, if we can uh, take that one one piece of the shield and make it strong, which is the education of the user to understand that they they have to take some responsibility and 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 change the password in their busy schedule. Or the same thing for the businesses. The same for same thing for the factories. That will that will cover that that hole that a lot of the hackers they can get in and get it and get into the system. This is one thing. The 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 other thing is. We have uh, the, the problem of security created by technology, and it's going to be solved by technology too. So we have the option of using new techniques like blockchain, for it, for example. Blockchain is, is a very good example of how can you secure certain you know transactions, certain parts where you are worried about that people or the hackers or you don't want anybody to see that one, uh, and you can just use that the underlying technology used in Bitcoin, use it for uh, for IoT security. The third part is the the AI and how can we use AI to help uh, to help the users understand the risk and to help the users make the right decisions. So when when I give a speech about IoT, I always compare IoT as 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 uh, for example as an eagle and and uh, with two, the two wings of the of of the eagle is one of them is AI, the other one is blockchain. So once you are smart mm-hmm. and secure, you can fly. That's that's the example of it. Yeah, that's no that, and I definitely want to get to those topics in, in, in a little bit because I think that really hits it at some of the some of the most consequential uh, innovations ahead of us. No, no doubt. Um, I, I'd be curious, at least in in your perspective, since you've been following this space. I mean, how how do you how would you characterize? Um, 
you know, any uh, any events or, or, or people or companies uh, in the last, let's say, just in, really since IoT started to become a uh, a thing, you know, is, is, there, is there any kind of pivotal developments that have had the most impact on, on your views in terms of changing or shaping, you know, how you view the, really the potential of, uh, of what connected industry can, can accomplish? Uh, there are names, you know, there are big names, and there are big names because in order for you to deal with IoT as, 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 the, as the whole trend, you have to have a lot of money. Uh, this month, uh, Microsoft, they announced they are investing $5 billion in IoT, and, and they, part of the investment, uh, it's going to go to something called fog computing or edge computing, which is, which is an interesting concept, you know, but we can, we can talk about it, uh, uh, you know, um, later. So, and then you talk about um, uh, IBM, and you talk about Cisco as, as the first per company that uh, uh, created that name or mentioned that name, and the SAP. You know, it's SAP is also big in in IoT. So we the, the big names are there, and Google they have their own system, uh, and that takes me back to to that that we have to distinguish between the two types of IoT, the industrial and the consumer IoT. When you talk about the consumer IoT, you're talking about the when you talk about all the uh, 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 the different. Uh, concept you know here for the consumers it is uh, it is the hubs that that's what we talk about them so it's like the mm. um, uh, you know the series and this and when you talk about the industrial when you talk about the industrial part now you're talking about a big investment you know we're talking about the big uh, oil and and gas companies i was giving a speech in one of the conferences and that was the that was the key thing for them because they lose you know hundreds of millions of dollars because they have no clue when the next pipe or when the next you know you know problem is going to happen in their infrastructure so you will see for us as a consumer we can see the big you know consumer companies and we can understand it for the industry iot now you can talk about huge names you know that dealing with that with that field now it's 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 worth mentioning that uh, between the United States and Europe, there is a big difference about looking at IoT. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I say this one because uh, I, I give a speech in, uh, in uh, Spain, and, and I'm going to give one in Italy, and one in the UK, the University College of London. So they look at IoT in Europe as the industrial. As the as as the IoT, they, they're they're really more on the big project. They don't like the smart cities, smart streets. If you move to the United States, we focus more on the consumer part of it because, and this is where what is visible for so many people. IoT means a sensor that you have it for the babies, where uh, if they start moving, they will alert you know their their parents, smart mirrors, and so on. So, so the focus here is different. It's 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 uh, between the two continents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? How would you say that? How how are how does Asia uh, come into into play in terms of the way that uh, you know companies are are, are thinking about uh, harnessing disruptive technologies compared to uh, you know, the U.S. and Europe? I have to give big credit for for Asia, you know, and, and I have a lot of uh, contacts, uh, you know, in um, in, uh, in Taiwan, in China, you know, in uh, Malaysia, and and, and other uh, countries. Not to not to forget India and and the rest. Um, they are really uh, willing to take the risk, and this is one thing I have learned dealing, you know, with with my friends there. They will jump into the first, you know, mention of a new technology when blockchain came to the picture before the. Yeah, the the craze of uh, Bitcoin. I remember three years ago. I have this contact from Hong Kong, and they want me to come and talk about it. Nobody even know what is blockchain. Nobody even understand what is blockchain, but they are willing to you know to open their mind and 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 understand and open their wallets for this. Uh, you know, look at Alibaba. You know, the huge you know company there, and how they think about expanding and using AI and using blockchain and using IoT and you know in different. Uh, Aspects. So Asia is always at the front when it comes. Let's try this. Let's try this one and see if it's going to work or not. They are ahead when it comes to few fields like AI. They're trying so hard to 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 uh, to be the leader in the AI. And anybody who will get into AI and master and 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 perfect AI will lead the world because you're talking about creating 
you know something called digital twin which is you're mm-hmm. creating another you know you know seven billion you know just virtually because they think like you they act like you and they will be you know under your control right right yeah it at, that the digital twin concept is uh is is super powerful in in, uh, in the ability to kind of anticipate where things are where things are right. are, are headed um now as you've looked at um you know what just i want to continue a, a bit more on the on the connected industry side and uh before we before we dive into some of the more you know, more cutting edge technologies and and would, would be interested as you know as you've seen you know certain industries start to uh transform through connected industry where where you found the really the consequential impact and secondly you know what what industries are in in your experience you know have been most effective in embracing you know newer technologies uh and conversely are there are there some that are laggards that are uh that that may not really appreciate the risks that are that are uh, that are coming at them yeah, I mean, uh, the first thing comes to, to my mind is the fintech. You're talking about the financial services. The financial services, they have the money and they can, they can try different things. I mean, the fintech is, 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 is ahead of so many, and an example of that one, they use a blockchain technology there. And the second one, you're talking about the healthcare, you know, the, the wearable. You know, devices, we talk about it. If you listen to uh, Tom Cook when he talk about, uh, you know, Apple future, they talk about, uh, you know, wearables that's part of monitoring your health. And you talk about education, which is, he was talking about this one, uh, this, this uh, field uh, last, last week in Chicago. But the main thing is the healthcare, because the healthcare is, is there's a lot of money there. There's absolutely, and it's, the impact is immediate. If you can save, you know, life, if, if I can sense that this watch or this device which is connected or this jacket I'm wearing, which is a smart jacket, can monitor what I'm doing, can monitor and, and send it to the doctor and that will predict or, or, or uh, save, uh, save me from a future disease, then that's, that's by itself will help. Yeah, propagating or opening the door, uh, you know, of every house. Yeah, it saved my life. You can use that one. So, so we're talking from the financial, talking to the healthcare. Now, some of the government, and I'm not talking about, uh, you know, any specific, you know, state here in the United States, but there are governments outside, you know, so like Dubai, for example, government, and I think in, in South Africa or in certain part of the, of, of the world, they are really, and in Asia, of course, definitely in Asia, they, they embrace this kind of disruptive technology. Mm-hmm. They're open for that, and they're willing to try this one because they want to save money on the process and make it easy for people to conduct business with them. Yeah, no, that's 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 right. It's been a real challenge, I think, if you compare smart cities in uh, some of the more developed countries. Uh, I'm partic- we're particularly familiar with some of the challenges here, you know, here in the U.S. where. Mm-hmm. There may be a will, but of course the, uh, the how, how should we say it? there's there are organizational interests and and you know lots of challenges of coordinating you know many different constituencies to uh, to knit together solutions and it it, it is um, many times I think just like with uh, developing countries that that jumped over wireline communications into wireless it's sometimes not having that legacy uh, back that legacy legacy is of technology you know ends up being a real advantage it could be a real can be a real burden so um now what are what are some technology hurdles or uh or or even enabling technologies that that you think that may be underappreciated in the market i mean we 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 swim in an environment where you know there are hype cycles and there are some you know certainly some you know a, a lot of uh a lot of new bright shiny objects all the time but i i'd be curious to get your your take on you know where there may be some misperceptions in the market it it's all goes down to the three elements: the SSP, the security, safety, and privacy, uh, which is which is the building blocks for the for the user or the consumer trust. That's that's a problem because why I'm not using you know this device, the smart mirror. I mean I'm I'm not using it because of it's gonna collect my data or something like that, and and the uh, the ignorance about about the benefits is really a big obstacle. That that's keeping people from trying new things, and also the, the business model. And it all goes back to the three lenses we talk about, the three filters. Um, I'm going to pay three hundred dollars or three hundred 
if I'm not wrong, or $400 for a smartwatch, you know, just to monitor my heartbeat. I mean, how is that going to benefit me? So we're talking about these kind of obstacles, which is not encouraging people to try it. Uh, and and uh, the market, the mass production will, will start when, when there is an appreciation from the consumers and the consumers is asking for that. It's not, it should not be something that distinguishes me from others. It should be part of the norm. And um, Samsung is doing a great thing, and I mentioned something about refrigerator here, the smart uh, fridge and the smart, you know, uh, uh, dishwashers and all. The, if they're connected, then it's going to make my life easier. But we go back to a very important, you know, uh, obstacles. And I, I, I was, uh, I wrote an article to Research and Development magazine, and it should be published in May. And I listed all these these uh, obstacles. Number one is standardization. Standardization is a problem here, Ed. Uh, mm -hmm. The standardization means, you know, you're asking Google, you're asking uh, Apple, you're asking IBM to agree on a certain protocols, which is if I have my device, I don't have to worry which other device I'm going to use to connect with it. That is killing their market. They want to keep that customers and that their ecosystem. Mm -hmm. uh, unless there is non-profit organizations like IEEE will push for that kind of protocol, like what they did with you know, with the communication TCP IP for the internet, or the government will require them to have, you know, a common protocol, which is the last thing we want to do. Because my personal belief that, you know, regulations cripple, uh, you know, growth and innovation. The more regulations you have, the slow will be the, 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 the two uh, actions here. The government can say, okay, we, we know that the famous standards ISO, you know, uh, you know, 9000, where you have to have certain, you know, you have to be certified so you can do business with the government. Mm -hmm. They might require something like that. Yeah. And, and, and that will be the standards. The other one is, which is a very important thing, is skills. I mean, how many jobs, uh, uh, you know, you can you can fill with somebody who knows about blockchain and uh, or about IoT. I mean, uh, how can you define it for for mm -hmm. them? So we the universities, you know, universities are not giving us, <coughs> excuse me, enough graduates that will cover the needs in the market. I'm working with the university and creating a blockchain class that I'm going to teach. The same thing with IoT. I'm giving you know another class in IoT, and I have to build it myself. I have to gather all the resources, and I have to convince, uh, you know, a trail of, of, of you know, of uh, committees just to, to convince them this is the future. Purdue University have it, uh, University of Southern California have it, MIT have it, Harvard have this one, we should have that. So that's another obstacle we see when it comes to skills, when it comes to standardization. That's, that's, that's a big problem there. You know, you touched on a topic that I, I hadn't thought or I hadn't prepared to ask you about, but since you are working in the edu you know in education, um, you know what are some of the, uh, the the challenges? I mean, in, as technology is changing so quickly, you know, education is designed really. You know, it had been designed in uh, a much more static culture, and this ability to uh, create skills and and upskill and uh, and and really be able to adapt to changing conditions and changing technologies is just it, it doesn't really fit easily within the confines of say a traditional four-year degree or a two-year degree I mean how do how do you how are you thinking about the changes uh, that that we're going to need to have the skills that will help match promising students with with job opportunities and allow companies to find the the the, the employees and and the uh, and the collaborators that'll help them realize their visions and, and move forward. That, that's that's an excellent question, and it is a problem, as you said. Now you have to understand that the the four year programs or five years in some schools they build the foundation first. I mean the general educations, and then you you have to know math, you have to know physics if you're an engineer, and then you have to know the basics about, for example, uh, you know electrical engineering. You have to know all the all the courses about digital design, signal processing. Now how how we compact how we deal with something like this is done in multiple. Um, tracks. And I'm going to talk about my situation because every professor, every every person has their own style. Number one is I bring leaders from the industry to talk to the students in a series of, you know, uh, speeches. So, uh, you know, next week I'm going to have somebody from Intel before I have somebody from NVIDIA. And those are really at high level of, of number one is they're hiring, 
they're looking for people to hire. Uh, number two is they are they are have up-to-date information about what their company is doing and what is the market is looking for. The second one is, you know, in any university, when when uh, the school is confused about a topic or they don't want to deal with it, they throw it under something called special topics. A special topics means it's up to date. We're not sure that this is something, you know, clear to us. So so even the classes I'm talking about them, which is you know the blockchain and the IoT, is under special topics. So the students who are interested in this kind of topic because they are really aware about the need uh, in the market, they will take that class. And uh, and you open it, and this is how you update them. The third track is the senior projects. The senior project, it's not, you know, as I tell my students, it's not a Lego, you know, you know, project. You just put some blocks and you create it and you're done. You have to have something that when you sit in front of the recruiter or you're doing that kind of interview, you're proud of it. You tell them, you explain to them exactly what you did. So, this, and that's all in the last year. That's all in the last year of, of their study. So this this will... Uh, uh, minimize or reduce the gap between what we are doing at you know universities or, or academia and what is the market because we have to keep in touch with with the market you know uh, I have friends in Google I have friends on Facebook I have friends in LinkedIn I talk to them all the time I invite them I have some projects with them or I bring some of my students to work with them and this is how you keep yourself as, as an educator up-to-date and not Buried in in editions on book that from 2000, 2002, or 2007, and 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 you're talking about old technology. Yeah, no doubt. I, I and I think that's that's one of the reasons why you've had uh, initiatives like uh, you know Singularity University try to uh, emerge and and address that gap. And I, it, it's it's been a real challenge to, to to really for a lot of organizations. I mean, there's yeah, you've addressed both a, a you know cultural challenge and also structural challenges too, and and in, in terms of the way these organizations are set up. But uh, but I I think that you know what you're doing again by uh, evangelizing and articulating the the greatest you know greatest promise ahead. Uh, I think the best maybe the best thing we can do is is help people learn and be, treat learning as a lifelong process rather than rather than just a uh, you know just something that you do for four years uh, right. or in in between in in between sleeping through your classes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, I'd like to move. Um, I mean, you cover a lot of really interesting technologies, and and let's talk about AI a bit because I know you've done quite a bit of thinking about why AI or machine learning is so important, and would love to get your perspective on you know how you see uh, AI being able to impact. Uh, you know, IOT and, and, and connected industry and I know you had made a uh, you had referred to it essentially as one of the you know one of the wings uh, you know on the bird on the eagle as it were but uh, would love to get uh, a, a bit of uh, a bit of nuance on, on how your how your view is uh, have evolved as well uh, AI is not new and and yeah, you know this one. You know, I'm old enough to talk, to talk about it. Is in the 80s, everybody's talking about the AI and how the AI really gonna change the world. And then it died. And then what happened is that now we have the tools. Now we have the bandwidth. Now we have uh, we have the um, programming skills that we can use for AI. Uh, in this case, so and, and AI is a big word that covered multiple you know disciplines. And uh, many times people confuse AI with machine learning and with deep learning. And if you give me you know a few seconds, and can I explain? I can explain the difference between you know uh, the the you know the terms here. Now the. Uh, uh, and I've been asked that question before. So this is how I explain it to anyone. Okay, AI is 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 uh, is the big term, is the umbrella. Now inside AI you have two things. The first one is the machine learning, and inside machine learning you have the deep learning. Now, an example of this is the following: for machine learning, if if I would like the computer to recognize. Um, you know, smiling uh, faces out of a hundred pictures. So I will scan those pictures. I have an algorithm, and I will define in that algorithm that if the lips is going a certain direction, that's a smile. If the eyes is going a certain direction, that's a smile. So the computer will recognize this one and give me, for example, five pictures. And that is a, that that's a set of picture of uh, pictures of people smiling. This is machine learning. Deep learning is going to the next step, which is why they're smiling. This is a real smile. If this is some kind of a smirk. If this is somebody has a gun at the head of that person to smile, this is a smile of fear. That is deep learning. Now, you add the two 
the machine learning and the deep learning, that is artificial intelligence. Now, that the depth of, of how good your algorithm, algorithm to, to, uh, in, in both in deep learning and machine learning, this will reflect on, on, on your uh, artificial intelligence. So that's, that's a simple you know, definition for, for, uh, you know, for uh, machine learning and deep learning. Now, we move to the uh, artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence, I name it as the catalyst for, I, for IoT. Now, there are many areas that uh, uh, AI can help, uh, you know, Internet of Things. And in one of my articles, I have six of them. And there are actually more, but those are the, me, the main six areas. Uh, they can help in data preparation. If you are a data scientist, you understand that, and you know that by heart, that 80% of your time spent on cleaning the data. You have millions of points given to you, millions of, of, you know, of data given to you, and, and you're trying to clean it by saying there is no redundancy, there is no point for this one. So the data preparation can be cleaned by using an algorithm in, in, uh, with artificial intelligence. And then you move to the second one, which is data discovery. Now, you have that clean data or clean set of data. You would like to discover the pattern there, repetitions. And, and a simple example of this one, you, you go to Safeway, you know, here, and you're buying the same thing again and again. Your award card will, will have those the single points. So that will be a pattern for you. You always buy that at a certain time, you know, with a certain quantity. The third part, AI can help IoT in visualization of streaming data. And this is important for the business filter or the business lens. Nothing will make a business person happy more than seeing a real-time visualization of the performance of, of their of data. For example, the number of the sales, the number of the activities, the number of trades, all these things. The, the fourth one is the, something with a technical term, something called time series accuracy of data. In English, it's simple. It's how can you describe data? Any data in the world can be described using the center of the data, the variation of the data, the time of the data, the outliers, you know, and the, and the distribution of the data. We have to make sure that it is really, uh, you know, a good data. Garbage in, garbage out. If the data itself is wrong, then the result will be wrong. It doesn't matter what kind of AI you are using in the middle. The, the, the fifth one is predictive and, uh, you know, advanced analytics. This is, this is good for industrial, uh, you know, uh, IoT. This is good for the business. So I want to be, you know, proactive. I want to know what the customer is going to buy uh, so I can have the inventory. This will help me with the supply chain, mo you know, movement so I can have, you know, the trucks, you know, on time and, and I, I don't have any kind of a shortage or a gap in my, in, in my inventory. The last one is the, the real time or the location. And this is, this is the one that we're talking about when you go to a place like, you know, Macy's and then suddenly look at your phone and you receive an offer, say, okay, today is 10% because they recognize that you are in that place and you have an agreement with Macy's that will give you 10% through that app. So you can see that it's, it's, it is really helping the, the uh, IoT uh, data or, uh, you know, to be specific, it's helping the IoT data analytics and, uh, in, um, when we use uh, AI. Because data is the fuel, data is the gold, data is basically is the, is the new gold. So if you not use it, you lose it. I mean, Facebook is in trouble because of data. It's not because of anything else. Yeah, no doubt. And, and of course, the, uh, the curation and, and governance around that data is not, it's certainly not a, not a trivial matter in, in, you know, in, any, in any sense of the, uh, the imagination. Now, but how do you think about the um, sort of more broadly as we look at the application of predictive analytics to essentially uh, I would say turbocharge, I mean the way I've always looked at what analytics do is that they can either increase sales, uh, improve operational efficiencies, or minimize risk. And most of the value it falls into those three buckets, and you know, in a very generalized, uh, in generalized sense. But with with uh, AI and and machine learning, there is this potential to completely. Uh, uh, 
disintermediate certain types of processes. I know there's a lot of talk about AI destroying jobs, but uh, I, it's my view that it's that it's not quite that simple. It's not as necessarily a zero sum game. That what happens is we do get re, we ha- think about more refactoring processes and tasks and uh, in, in certain types of jobs. And and as we introduce these technologies into into connected industry, I mean, how do you see some of the downstream implications of uh, applied machine learning and and uh, deep learning, of course, and and, and other techniques uh, into Connect, you know, traditional connected industry. How that how that will change the roles and uh, responsibilities of you know of people who had previously had completely manual jobs. I, I mean, uh, you know, this is one of the things, and I'm, I'm really happy Ed, you talk about this because uh, this is one of the I call the myth about about uh, AI that it's uh, it's it's going to destroy job job. It's it's going to replace jobs, but it's going to bring more and. Uh, Gartner has has a study about that and say 2.3 million jobs will be created by you know 2020 1.8 will be lost so the the net here is is positive and and the 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 point about it is that the more we are automating stuff the more we are we're using machines uh, smart machines for this one people are going to lose their jobs now the and and this is unfortunate. There is no question about this. The thing we we have we said the same thing about every every new technology we are dealing with. And this technology will replace this. People are going to lose job. For example, you're talking about the internet. Internet replaced the newspaper, so people are not going to read information. Well, internet created so many jobs for people on the other side where there are many other skills that has to be learned or has to be retrained to get that. Now that is. That is exactly the same thing we talk about it with those three lenses when you talk about the society, how the government can help this in this process and how the users or the citizen can help themselves by, you know, updating their skills so, so they can, they can deal with the new changes. I tell my students, I don't care what's your major. Industrial engineering, you know, uh, you know, um, mechanical engineering, technical, uh, you know, chemical engineering. You should know how to code. You should know how to program. And I'm telling them, I have a big poster in my my office saying there are three skills I want you to learn this one by yourself. Don't wait for the school. Python, Java, and the database SQL, because any job you go to. Any company you go to, if you have those three skills, it's going to make you very valuable for them. If you're even in mechanical, even if you're in chemical, you're going to deal with data. So you need to know how to program it, how to deal with it. So yes, jobs will be lost, but more jobs will be created. And now we have to deal with the resistance, you know, from the, uh, you know, from the traditional normal, communic- you know, manual jobs there. Yeah, it's it's a, I, I mean, it's obviously a debate that's that has people, uh, with, you know, certainly concerned, not not without reason. I, I think there's a certain, uh, quite a bit of fud out there, but uh, I, I'm I tend to fall into the the camp that that ultimately new jobs can get created. I mean, who would have thought that 15 years ago there'd be such thing as a you know a social media uh, right. marketing manager or that's right, uh, you know. And and which leads us into uh, you know the last topic I'd like to talk about, which is blockchain, which um, is certainly near and dear to me. And uh, you've talked, you've been doing doing quite a bit of work around it. And I'd love to get your uh, your just your perspective on the relevance of blockchain, not so much in, as as a as as, a, as power for cryptocurrencies or ICOs. I mean that's that's getting a lot of a lot of coverage, but but really the you know the practical enterprise uses and how. Uh, how we might actually see implications of, of this technology, you know, change business processes and 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 create real real value. Well, uh, simply, uh, I've been asked that question from uh, you know um, many of the business uh, leaders or the business uh, owners here in the Silicon Valley, and my answer is simple: you need security. Think about blockchain. If, if you need to secure certain part of your transaction, certain process, then think about the blockchain. Blockchain is still evolving. We have some problems, you know, that we have to overcome, like scalability, storage, you know, you know, and and uh, the biggest problem is this is the uh, skilled talents, and we don't have enough talents that will handle the blockchain. Yesterday, one of my students, she came to my office. She told me she received an offer it from Intuit, you know, one of the biggest, you know, uh, companies that uh, you know uh, yeah. in the valley here, and they send they sent her a code. 
And and she showed me that code, and it's actually talking about the, using blockchain in transactions. She said, I never heard about blockchain. I told her, okay, you go, you know, home, you read, you practice, you find codes, you know, on GitHub about blockchain, and then you answer them because you're a programmer, you're, you're a software engineer, you already have the foundation to understand the different structures of the of the program. So what you do is you have to educate yourself. And I told her, I don't want to hear again from you saying that you never heard about blockchain because that tells me you are, are really living under a rock in the Silicon Valley. Blockchain is everywhere. So this is just an example. In the hiring process, they're looking for people who understand the terminology of blockchain. So for for uh, you know for using blockchain in the uh, in, 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 in the in the business process, anybody who will take the initiative now and understand it and have the or upgrade the skills of the existing uh, you know engineers and this is what companies is doing like Google and the other companies and the big names here they look you know around and find people who have the foundation and then they train them to be a blockchain you know engineers and and use you know their their skills. Use it in the business, and you will be ahead of the curve. That's what I tell uh, people about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about the shortcomings of, of blockchain tech? I mean, clearly there's a lot of concern that uh, if you're a Solidity developer, CryptoKitties will <laughs> will dominate. <laughs> will use up 25% of the compute capacity of the network. So if you know if you have a real hit on your hands, this concept of a virtual computer is uh, you know certainly a you know a concern. Well, it's an issue. And then you know, there are many other blockchains at this point public and permissioned as well as some of the uh, you know, directed acyclic graphs and, or the DAGs and uh, right. other technologies and you know that are addressing scalability issues but you know what do you, what do you see really is the kind of the major major shortcomings and are there uh, you know are there signs that give you confidence that uh, that will get these resolved in a, in a, in a reasonable time well, we, we need more companies, you know, to be the the, found, the companies which is pure blockchain companies. It's 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 for example like uh, Ethereum, for example, is an example, and this is not an endorsement. But I'm talking about somebody who will give me their their notes, their, their, their so I can use it, you know, as as for example the blockchain, uh, you know, uh, platform. I mean, I, I you know I dream of a blockchain as a service. That that's 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 one of the concepts I'd like to see soon. Mm -hmm. You know, from big companies like IBM or you know, hopefully Microsoft and and Google if if they want to catch up with that with that uh, trend, where I can use their services like I'm using the AWS now. You know, I can I know that they have uh, you know they have a private you know uh, for example blockchain or they have or the public one we we'll talk about it which is which is a, the Bitcoin and thing where I have my own private one with certain nodes that would verify the trans. Sections and I'm happy with this one. Somebody can build that private, you know, blockchain for me. That's a company that will make a lot of money. Or we have the public one like Ethereum and and um, uh, Litecoin or uh, the rest of these, where I can rent it. I can say, listen, guys, I need. 10,000 nodes that can verify my my transactions and they will provide me this kind of information. We don't have many that go on and, and it goes back to the same problem which is it's a new technology not many many companies want to take the you know the risk there it's still unknown so many factors and you're right about it it's a software if somebody's writing a software somebody will hack that software so so this is this is a, a new you know a, a new and shatters water for us we're trying to go there and see but we have seen the benefits of that why because of the whole idea of decentralization the whole idea of you know of being you know, you know, uh, public for the nodes in, the, in that in that blockchain network, and and this, the secure you know uh, feature of the you know hash function, where if you timber of one, you can timber one, but you cannot you cannot change the mind of another you know five thousand nodes to to change that the values there, and that gives us hope. So, so we are we are approaching that, and a lot of companies are working on, on this and seeing the benefit of this. Government are using that. Government are using this one for their business. I'll give you an example. You know, at MIT, MIT they issue two kind of of, of degrees or certificates for you. It's not. It's it's basically that piece of paper you 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 take it with with you home and you have it, uh, you know, on the wall there. They have one which is run by blockchain, which is a verified one. So I have it in my in my phone. So in my phone, it's an icon. I, I click on that or touch that one, or hit it, and I show it to the employer. That's a verification. I got my degree from MIT, and that employer is part of a network run by MIT. 
So they know that this icon and this one is really verified. They understand this. They have a certain, you know, barcode. They scan it, and it's verified that from MIT, and then comes back to say this is a valid degree. There are companies that are trying to do the same thing for payments. So they can verify that one and make sure. And I'm talking a payment for, mm -hmm. example, employees. And you can scale this one and any, you know, or, or apply it to any kind of transaction. The problem with it is scalability and storage and processing power and talents, which is sweet problems we, we you know, we have. That's mean every one of them is an opportunity for a bunch of companies to make money because we solve the storage a problem of blockchain. That's a, that's, that's a great thing. You're going to be number one in the market. If you solve the processing problem, the same thing. If it, you know, you know, you know, all of these things will, will, it's open, open markets for us. So if any startup thinking about going somewhere with their, you know, ideas, this is something they should, they should at least entertain or study. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, it's incredible how much opportunities, uh, you know, ahead of us. So, um, you know, as, as we, as we look forward, I mean, how do you look at the next five or 10 years? I, I know, uh, connected industry, AI and, and blockchain are, uh, are all evolving at a, at a really rapid rate. But as, as we look forward, I, I would say, you know, what, what would a successful, future look like to you <laughs> okay so um, I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the funny answer and the real answer here I will consider ourselves in the future when I can download my food you know the hot chicken I can download it I don't have to worry about driving or going somewhere that's for me the future so I can download whatever food I want I download it it's there it's fresh and everything. that's gonna be in the way in the future but the real answer is that it's actually in the quantum computing if we can get the factor of quantum computing in all what we talk about it here, that's going to solve a lot of problems. For example, the processing and the power, you know, used by the blockchain and the, the information, you know, uh, exchange between the different sensors. Quantum computing is, is a big player and a lot of companies well, it's not a lot of companies. A lot of big companies, they know that. I mean, you're talking about IBM, you're talking about, you know, Google, you're talking about Microsoft. They are spending tons of money on trying to be the first in the market, will, will de deliver a quantum uh, computer. And I'm not talking about the one that will fill this office. I'm talking about something I can buy it from Best Buy, something I can buy it from eBay, and it's going to run with huge power there, but, you know, save time, save energy. All of these things will be part of that. So when we when we master, which is the next step, the quantum computing, most of the problem we are facing now, most of the problems will be solved, and it's going to make it easier for us to you know to use all the you know disruptive technology we talk about it. Wow, that's really uh, a, a fascinating insight too. And I know I, I, I've seen one of the one of the quantum computers out in uh, California that IBM had been running, and it's. I, I know we've got a ways to go before it it gets uh, mainstream, but we're on the way. I, I think that's a, that's a terrific insight. Well, well, Ahmed, it's it's been fantastic walking through this this whole range of topics here. Um, one of the questions I always like to ask of of, of guests guests is uh, if you can recommend a good book or a, or, or a resource, you know, for anybody that uh, is more like a friendly resource, but, you know, anything that you, you'd like, like to share or, or, or that we can, uh, we, can, we can share in the show notes. Well, I mean, uh, my advice to, the, to, to everybody who's, who's really um, uh, concerned or would like to know about the new technology, um, read all the uh, publications that deals with technology. I mean, don't limit yourself. For example, you can go, you know, to, I mean, the Internet has, has a lot of those resources. Subscribe to that. If you have Facebook, subscribe to them. If you have LinkedIn, subscribe to that one. You will receive a lot of information up to date. The, uh, the issue of the book is whatever... Uh, book we recommend uh, within within two hours is going to be outdated and this is what I discovered with the new technology so that's my that's my my classes I don't give any textbooks I tell them okay it's going to be PowerPoint articles you that's what you read if you really want to be up to date because the book 
you know, after you buy it, it's it's gone. So, uh, and also follow, you know, uh, certain people on, on LinkedIn and, and mm -hmm. interact with them, join the groups. That's going to be very helpful in that case because you're going to find yourself knowing about not just the knowledge or the information or the articles. You're going to know about the events. You're going to know about, you know, some of the, you know, some of the services like what you're doing, Ed, which is, I commend you for that, which is, which is really, uh, you know, exploring and, and explaining things to people in a different format, sound, video, rating. So that's my advice for anybody who want to be up to date. Great. Well, I, I think this podcast will help uh, anybody who likes to listen to learn quite a bit about these these new technologies. So that's terrific. And we'll we'll definitely include your 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 LinkedIn link in the show notes so that people can follow you. So um, so again, uh, Ahmed, uh, thank you again for uh, giving your sharing your time and your insights. Uh, this is really covered an enormous range of topics. I'm Ed McGuire, Insights Partner uh, from Momenta Partners, and we thank you for uh, participating in and, and being a, an, an active listener in our EDGE podcast. And any comments, please send them to edge at momenta.partners, and uh, we're happy to uh, respond to any questions, suggestions, or, or, or input. Thank you for listening to the Momenta Intelligent Edge podcast. We rely on feedback, comments, and input from our listeners. So please interact with us by going to our LinkedIn page, our Twitter accounts, or email us at edge at momenta.partners with any suggestions, guest ideas, or commentary. We really value your input and appreciate your listening. Thanks a lot. This is Ed McGuire, Insights Partner with Momenta Partners.